This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We have got Taranaki Congress coming up. Have you got your entry in, Barry? I have. I am. I'm staying on the Monday and I've taken the day off, so I'm all good. But I haven't actually got a team to play in, and I'm just wondering whether or not I actually contact Mr. Wilson and say, hey, I'll be available if you've got any latecomers or fill-ins or connection issues, just let me know. What do you think about that? Oh, look, I'm sure they would probably find your teammates. They'd be delighted to have another entry. The entries are looking pretty good. Last I looked, there were 38 teams entered. 38 teams? Well, that's a nice round number. I don't think you'd want anything with me. A round number is 40. Even number then. All right. God, (laughs) you sound like a blooming teacher. (laughs) I'm going to have a quick look while I'm talking to you and just see. I think entries don't close till Thursday or something. Hey, well, how yeah. much is it costing to enter, by the way? That's a very good question, Mariana. I'll, um, oh, that's I'll, right. You don't do the financial stuff, do you? I have to pay. <laughs> Some muscles so flying out of your wallet? $45 each to play in the teams. There's a lot of people entered. That's really reasonable, eh? Some good bridge. I think they're up to 40 now, and there are a couple of Australian teams entered as well. Even our friend Mr Russell Wilson has a couple of Australians in his team, so we won't hold that against him. But, yeah, they're up to 40 teams now, Mariana. Oh, very good. Might be driving around in my little blue monster, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> i got better things to do on the weekend now. I'm telling you guys, Mariana's got a new bath. <laughs> Don't say that. It's more than a bath. Yep, you heard it right, people. It's my birthday this month, and I've got a new car, and it's a Fiat, a bath. All Barry can think of is the bathtub with bubble bath, bubbles flying out the end of it. Guys, if you saw the photo of this car, if you want to Google bath, Fiat bath, it looks like a bubble bath. It was quite funny because the team at work, I came in this morning, they said, we saw three ads of your car on TV last night. What's going on? I was like, I have no idea. I said, I've never even seen any one of these types of cars before I actually got it. Now everyone's looking at it. In fact, I was out at a meeting last night and I came out and someone was looking around my car and looking through the windows. I was like, can I help you? This is a pretty cool car. And I was like, yep, yeah, she is. And he said, can I ask you how much you brought it for? And I said, no. <laughs> What's with that? <laughs> At the Taranaki Swiss Pairs, it's only $25 for the Swiss Pairs. So if somebody wants to play that, they can. Quick shout out for Hamilton, who are still holding their intermediate pairs. Junior pairs, and there's also yeah. a novice division. And I know that New Plymouth are still looking out for entries for their intermediate teams as well. So I know they're in competition a little bit, but maybe you're a teams player or maybe you're a pairs player. There's something for you either way. There is. So the entries are gradually sneaking up, I've noticed. I think they had about nine tables when I look last, yeah, hopefully they'll end up with a reasonable number. You Auckland intermediate and juniors and novices, get into Hamilton, have a look. It's a great session, rather cheap, $15, pretty yeah, good for an online session. I think there's 12 and a half tables entered so far, so those numbers are getting up a little bit. 
And of course, Taranaki have a sponsor who's keeping their entry fee down as well. Yeah, I understand South Wairapa are also hosting their intermediate and junior tournament online. That's coming up too. Tato Tato, you guys, Central, you come and enter into Hamilton. Hamilton, you go and enter down into the South Wairapa tournament. That'll be good. Peaks, we've been thinking about something new and how we can spice up the bridge zone this year because we always seem to add one new thing to the show each year. And this year... We've got our fabulous Candace Smith joining the Bridge Zone team, and her segment will be Corridor with Candace. And that is going to be introducing one Māori statement or one Māori word per week, completely to do with Bridge, and seeing if we can introduce small snippets of te reo around the bridge table across the motu. What do you think, Barry? I might learn something. How do you think I'll go? Candice is going to be joining the team, like I said, and we're going to be practising these words along with her every week. So listen up, people. We're going to be doing kōrero with Candice. Looking forward to it. I reckon it's going to be great. Okay, I want to talk to you about a subject. don't know how long it's going to be because we're only limited time, remember. And this is, how do you keep focus at the bridge table? we we'll start off with a hiss and a roar, and then all of a sudden, it looks like I'm on a toboggan, and I'm like that Jamaican team. What was that Jamaican movie? Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings, yep. And then I'm down the slippery slope. I tell you, Barry, it does my head in. I'm doing fine. Round one, round two, round three, okay. Oh, four and five, absolute murder. What is the trick? Now, you mentioned this to me, so I have been giving this a bit of thought, right? That's not always a good thing, Mariana. I actually wonder whether online bridge is worse for that than face-to-face. I don't know what our listeners think about that. It's easier to lose focus when you sit in your own lounge and kicking yourself for doing something stupid on the previous hand and face-to-face where you sort of have to, I think you feel more inclined to say, right, I have to move on to the next hand. You know, that's the... That's the age-old story, isn't it? Move on to the next hand, put that one on the back burner. I mean, as far as keeping focused, I mean, is it brain food, Mariana? Do we need to go back to the pickle juice? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, I had this hand and I knew exactly what I was going to do with it. And I thought, right, okay, this is cool. My right hand opposition overcalled and then I thought, oh, what am I going to do? And I thought, and I thought, and I thought, and I thought, yep, this looks right. And I made this bid. And the moment I did it, I knew it was wrong. So, so why did you do it? Oh, I'm not too sure. But I was so angry with myself. You know what I did? My partner ended up playing because my partner opened. Anyway, they ended up playing. And I got up and I left, left the table. I was so angry with myself. I just thought, oh, up this. And I just walked out of the room, stormed around, did a couple of laps. And then went back and sat at the table and I was a bit grumpy with myself. <laughs> Good you not. And I thought, what's up with that? Is that focus or is that just plain stupidity? The good news is at least you went back to the table, Mariana. Oh, I tell you, Barry, it does my head in. I hate making mistakes. <laughs> well, Bridge is a game of mistakes. What was that quote from Hugh Kelsey last week? The way to improve your bridge is to cut down on your errors and your mistakes. And yep. in fact, he said... 
something like it might be the only way that you can get better at bridge is to cut down on your errors and mistakes. So it's not those brilliancies you do, it's those errors and mistakes that you try to eliminate. But when you do do them, they are infuriating. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It just doesn't feel any good knowing that, though. Doesn't stop the smoke coming out the ears. Oh, it's flashing. It's just shocker. Anyway. I have no magical answers for you, Mariana. If I did, I'd probably be a rich man by now. And that old saying about next board, next board, that's just so hard to do. It's a huge ask. Don't let anybody ever tell you that that is easy to say on moving on to the next board. I mean, that board where you did something that has driven you crazy, I mean, that can hang around for years, Mariana. You won't forget that when they put you I'll in the rest home. I'll never forget that. You're damn right there. <laughs> when they mock you up in the rest home, you'll still remember that, eh? <laughs> On March the 6th, 2022, I remember this mistake. They say bridge is a game for life. I wonder if it's two-sided, bridge being a game for life. It's going to murder you right until your last breath. <laughs> I wonder if any of our listeners have got a suggestion. How do you move on from a hand that has just driven you absolutely bananas and you're just about over the edge? How do our listeners cope? What do they do? Do they go for a walk around the block? Is it pickle juice? What is it? <laughs> Send us an email, bridgestoneshuffle at gmail.com. I know Nick Witten's going to have something to say about this. And I bet you, Bradley, we haven't heard from you for a while. What do you have to say about that? There's lots of people out there. Leon, we haven't had one from you. Or William, any of our regulars. They seem to have deserted us a little bit lately. Even John from Tasmania. What about him? We haven't heard from him for a bit. Speaking about young Leon, I understand that him and Johnny D had a little word with you the other day and they were going to play a prank on me. Oh, yeah. Come on, piss up. I'm sure our listeners would like this. It's quite hilarious. And yes, April Fool's is coming up and he opened his gob. You can't tell Barry Jones any secrets, people. He just can't keep them. Come on, Mary, you might as well tell the listeners. I'm sure they'll get some sort of chuckle from it. Well, one of the good things about online bridges is that when you finish early, you get quite a bit of time sometimes to chat with the opponents. And so when we played Leon and Johnny, we finished with a bit of time to spare. I think it might have been Leon who suggested, why don't you just tell Mariana one day that this is your last day on the bridge zone? They said, yeah, I could say Johnny D's taken over my spot. <laughs> he said, just wait and see what the reaction. I tell you what, he's got a bit of a sadistic nature, that Leon. No offence, Johnny D. <laughs> I'm thinking we're going to have a little comment pad or a little conversation the next time we see each other online. But yeah, it was quite hilarious. But I can tell you something, Leon. Barry Jones will never give up the bridge zone because he just loves chatting about everything and anything about bridge. You've got two hopes and one of them has died. <laughs> Let's face it. Who else would listen to me? <laughs> What's your next tournament playing after Taranaki so Congress? After Taranaki Congress, big news is the Kelly Pierce teams in Rotorua is going online. I reckon their entry numbers will rocket up the scale as well. I played in the online peers in Wellington without much glory. So I've got Taranaki this weekend. Next weekend is the Kelly Pierce. The following weekend, I've actually 
got some teammates organised, but I need to talk to Jenny about it. She's out of cell phone coverage at the moment, shrimping. So we might play the following weekend after that, which is in Marlborough of all places. Oh, nice. But we've got a choice. We've got a choice between Marlborough and Hastings. Now, I've never played in Marlborough, and I thought, well, this is the easiest way to do it there'll ever be. I'll do it from the lounge. And one of the benefits of online bridge is that you can go and play at Marlborough or Hastings or Wellington or New Taranaki. Okay, let's go and listen to the rest of the team. Coming up next, we're heading off to the courthouse. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Good morning, Judge Julie. Looking well today. Hi, yeah, lovely day. Well, I reckon we've got a question that Judge Julie is going to struggle with today. Mariana, what do you reckon? (laughs) Let's see how she goes. She'll be fine, Barry. So I guess this is getting more common these days. What happens, Julie, if you meet people and they're speaking in a different language to you at the bridge table? I mean, obviously, there are lots of different nationalities that you might run into these days. And I guess on online bridge, they could be from anywhere. So if they are speaking in a different language and you don't know what they're talking about, I guess the, the usual catch cry is call the director. The question really is, what the heck is the director going to do when they get there? When can they talk in another language? When can't they? And and what happens? That's a really good question. I'll start with the easy part of the question. English is the universal language at the bridge table. And during the bidding and the play of a hand, you are not allowed to speak in any other language or everyone at the table has to understand what you're saying. So whenever you have cards in front of you, you are not allowed to speak in a different language. So that's the first thing about that. And for your own safety, I mean, people go, oh, what did they say to each other? Didn't they get a good board? And you might have been talking about the weather or family or who knows what. The first thing is if you've got cards in front of you, you should be speaking in English. Then we get to the more complicated one about when you don't. And online is probably aggravating this because when you're playing face-to-face and your opponents walk away in the table and a whole lot of different language erupts that you don't understand, you don't care because it's not right in front of you. I remember moving up to Auckland and hearing a lot of Polish and Chinese, which seemed to be very emotional to me, outside the bridge club and no English. But that was fine because it wasn't at the table and they were obviously having a discussion, enjoyable or otherwise, with each other, and that was all okay. So with online, we can mute the other people at the table if we don't want to listen to them. So if we're sitting and waiting, we can click on their microphone and we can turn it off so we don't have to hear what's being said. And useful when someone's got feedback, loud music, eating loudly, which is another thing that annoys people. But remember to turn it back on the next lot of opponents you have because otherwise you won't hear them either. So that's one thing. The other thing is it doesn't matter what language you are speaking if you've finished play. If everyone's wanting to talk, we are talking over each other and we get into that issue of who can be heard and who can't be. To some degree, when we're having a sort of a private conversation between each other, it's not really what language our opponents are using because we don't need to know. So I think tolerance is a big thing there. If the hand's ended, there's no cards in front of you and your opponents are having a good conversation or a bad conversation, if they're having it with each other, it's a case to turn it off so you can't hear them. Problem is you can't 
speak to your partner and that's frustrating. I mean, what would we do? Well, I suppose, excuse me, I'd like to say something to my partner. I don't know. It can happen at the table as well, I guess. I mean, even between hands, if you're playing two or three hands and they have a discussion in between and it's in a different language, that's fine as long as they're not looking at any cards. Not really meant to happen until you finish the round to some degree. And online, because the cards come up relatively quickly, you shouldn't have too much of that. If you're at the table at the club, you can say to them, can you please go away? You don't have to listen to your opponents fight with each other in English or any other language. Well, they might not necessarily be fighting with each other because you don't actually have any idea what they're doing. (laughs) I mean, they might be talking about what's for dinner or... Yeah. (laughs) Normally the arms flailing and the facial expressions and all the rest of it tells you they're not talking about... What's for dinner tonight? Oh, look, believe me, it could still be, I'm not cooking, you get takeaways. <laughs> I don't agree, Mariana. I mean, particularly, I don't want to get into the different nationalities, but I guess I'm going to do. The Italians, I mean, they are always yelling and arms are flailing and oh, it doesn't right. mean they communicate like that all the time. As I said when I moved to Auckland, it sounded very emotive to me, but I have no idea. It may not have been. And actually, to a large degree... I think that it was just the different volumes and the different language created something that I wouldn't probably blink at nowadays because I've just got used to different conversations outside the club rooms. If at the table you don't want to listen, you can get up and walk away or they can get up and walk away depending on what your situation will be with mobility. Online, we don't have that opportunity. We're not allowed to pick up our phone because that is 100% a no-no. We have to find ways of dealing with it. And tolerance is the first thing. And then just, excuse me, do you mind if I say something to my partner so that you can speak to your partner briefly? That helps as well. You know, they've got cards in front of them and they say something and it might only be a couple of words and it might just come out. I mean, what the heck happens then? You can call the director. So you call the director who's multilingual? (laughs) No, it's just really simple. You're not allowed to speak in a non-English language when you are at the table with cards. Some tournaments that I've seen have more than one language acceptable. Some of the overseas tournaments, as you say, most tournaments, English is the language, but sometimes they might have another language that's acceptable as well. English is the official language, but I'd imagine if you're running a tournament in Italy, Italian would be your language because you're at home and it's a local tournament. So for international events, English is the language. And of course, for us, English is our language because we live in New Zealand. One, I suppose it would be interesting, Māori is probably a language because we're two languages in this country. And so in theory, at least, it should be acceptable to some degree to speak a Māori. But it's a courtesy and a tolerance thing as well. True. It's tricky if somebody was speaking in Māori. But um, we are officially, do have two official languages in this country. I don't know what happens there. It's an interesting one. It's not one we have. But certainly the reason we have two languages is around inclusivity and all the other things. Aside from that, basically tolerance by people at the table, if there is a dispute, English is meant to be the official language of bridge. And if people are talking in a foreign language and you don't understand them and they have cards in their hand, it is absolutely appropriate to say to them, please don't, and to call the director. Irrespective of New Zealand having two languages, with English being an official language, that is probably the case, but I seriously don't know, so I'm just not going to go any further on that one. <laughs> Another one of the little joys of being a director, Mariana. What a great life they lead. Who would want to be one of them? 
Okay, I just for the record, I want to be noted that I was not the one who said that you were one of them, Julie. One of what? <laughs> one of them. just said. Director. Director she was talking about. <laughs> oh, look, they're all right. We're lovely. Actually, we've got a little that's segment it. coming up about te or the Māori language. So that's a bit timely, isn't it, Judge? Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck this Thank week at Taranaki Congress. Yep. At least you've got lovely teammates, Julie. See you next week. <laughs> Get your gumboots on. We're going down to the pond with Kermit. Phenomena. Good morning, Kermit. How's your day going? It's going very well, thank you. Pretty busy. You know, I quite like to be busy. You know, I'm getting all melancholy. I can see Pam, we're on a Zoom call, and there's blue sky, and I can see the beautiful rolling Taranaki countryside. Well, I was out, and I thought, oh, I'll just go for a walk around the farm. Playing bridge yesterday, and I like to move around a bit, and I actually forgot about Bridge Zone. And so (gasps) I'm standing in a paddock, and these guys are seeing the beautiful blue Taranaki sky. It's been an amazing summer. (laughs) I got a topic for you you know there's lots of sayings and bridge and lots of pearls of wisdom but I reckon I've got one of the best that you could live your bridge life by so are you ready for that my bit of advice for your bridge life is support with support if partner bids a suit especially a major if you tell them that you've got support and what level of support as soon as possible. That's great information for partner because it changes their whole view of the hand. They can start adding points for distribution and figuring out what the opponents have got. If you tell them you support with support, I think you'll have a good partnership in the making. What do you guys reckon? Particularly with a major, nothing gets partner excited as much as <laughs> telling them you have support for their major if they don't get excited then they're never going to get excited about anything and Mariana has a bit of a chant that's along those lines which is majors no trumps minors that she likes to trot out <laughs> yeah absolutely support with support wonder why people don't bother and wonder why people suggest more than support so you know when you've got a simple fit Let's say opposition open, your partner then overcalls a major, and you've got support. Do you add your distribution points then, or you just simply bid what you should do as if they've opened the major? There's a few what-ifs and a few buts in there, a few questions. Say you overcalled one spade, Mariana, and I had three-card support and, say, six points. I'd be bidding two spades every time. Tell partner you've got support. Not only does it give your partner an idea about where they're at with valuing their hand, we've just shut the opponent out from squeaking at that level. And the higher you go, the harder it is for the opponents and the better, clearer picture the partner has of your hand. What if partner overcalls a heart and you've got three hearts headed by the six and you've got five spades to the king, queen, jack, ten? Wouldn't you be just a little bit tempted to get those spades in first? Uh, oh, I've got her, I've got her, Mariana. She's hesitating. <laughs> She's just looking at the nice blue sky, Barry. <laughs> well, do you know what? That one might depend on what my partner's standards were for their overcalls. 
I can tell you some of Pam's partners have very low standards. I'm just saying. <laughs> Clearly. I was playing with someone last week, and I've been playing with this person for a very long time, and he's wonderful and all that. But I was quite surprised that he overcalled a five-card suit to the jack. Now, lots of people have that agreement, and it's not a style I particularly like, and I don't actually mind that he did it. But if he's doing that, I might be more tempted to bid my spades. But if partner makes sound overcalls, I'd show them my support, I think. When you're saying sound overcall, it might not be that strong, but you're talking about they'll have a decent suit. Yes. I'm talking about points in your suit. Hey, that could be the topic of another session down at the pod. Points in your suit. I used to play with somebody, and well, I still do occasionally, and he, and he listens to the bridge zone, so I better be careful. But he always used to... <laughs> Not support with support. He doesn't do that anymore. But I remember back in the day, he'd bid something else and then I'd, I'd have to bid. And then he'd make another forcing bid. And then I'd, you know, and finally, in the very last breath, he'd finally support my major. And I'd think, oh, God, he's, he's only the got... singleton, queen. <laughs> and then he'd put down three or occasionally four card support. But he said, oh, I really want to tell you about my diamonds, you know? And I thought, oh, you'd be really interested to know. I said, look, I didn't want to know any of that. To be fair, there's two aspects to that. First of all, maybe he just didn't like you, Barry, and didn't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> or the second thing is, that used to be the style in the old days, didn't it? Delayed game raises. And some of them got pretty delayed, I must say, but it was the style. Whereas now we tend to go boom and show our support. We've got yep. more sort of gadget, but you don't tend to see it so much now, delayed game raises. People tend to support with support. Yeah, I've got one little tip, and it's an easy trap to fall into, is when partner opens a heart and you have, say, four really nice spades and only three little hearts and sort of six to nine points, I think you have to grit your teeth and bid two hearts. Because if you bid one spade and then partner bids something else, they'll never believe you've got three card support. So with a weak hand, I think it's more important to support straight away, even though you've got some other really good, important thing you'd like to tell partner about. <laughs> Nothing is more important than knowing you've, you've got support for their major. That's what I reckon, support for the major. Yep. Thank you for this week. Join us next week at the Lily Pad with Pam Livingston, Bridge Coach. See you. Phenomena. To end the show, I've got a little story to tell you. On the weekend... Obviously, Barry was playing in the National Peers. Hey, Barry, who won the competition? It was Moss Wiley and Kevin Scarapoda. Well done. They won quite convincingly in the end. So here's my little story. We're in my new car, taking it for a little drive, and I get a call from Barry Jones. He's in a panic, doesn't know what to do, and he's driving. And I said, what are you doing? Aren't you playing? And he goes, I'm bloody playing. And rah, 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 rah. But guess what happened? Barry lives rurally, and there just happened to be an accident which cut the power to his area. So he's trying to play on his phone, and that was bloody hopeless. He's got fat fingers, and he had to drive into town. So thank you very much, Blair and Liz Fisher, for allowing this cowboy into your home to be able to plug into city power. How'd that go, Barry? What's the feeling when you lose Look, actually disrupted that whole first session so much. We didn't actually score that badly in the first session. But I'll tell you what, it could have been way better if, if, if my fat fingers hadn't been responsible for one bottom board and, and a few glitches on a few others while we were trying to get organised. It wasn't good, Marianne. I played a lot of online bridge lately and I haven't had a single issue. 
until this truck hit a power pole and took it out right at the crucial moment. So my tip of the week for bridge players is you must invest in a stylus. It's absolutely crucial. Regardless of what you play on, if you have to default to your phone, you must have a stylus because if that fingers ain't going to help you. Where do you get those from? It's a shop. What shop? Whitcomb, Paper Plus, any $2 shop would have a stylus. Enjoy your bridge this week. There's plenty of it. Jump in. And if you do have the ability to play face-to-face at your club, please go and support them. All right, people, have a great week, and we will catch you next week. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.